Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I am your Cobra intern that enjoys sensible wigs, codename Legion Cub. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. Uh, if you have thoughts about the show, about the content, things you'd like to hear about, uh, send us a message on that Instagram account. That's Audible Interlude Podcast. And you can also check out the Needless Things YouTube channel, uh, toy reviews every single week. But this week, I reviewed the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Ultimate Bat, which is the first available release from Super 7's G.I. Joe Ultimates line. Uh, and I also reviewed the Pyramid of Darkness reaction figure set, and I love them both. Uh, you can see all the details up close video of every aspect of both of these things. Uh, the most interesting thing to me about that Battle Android Trooper is it's the largest ultimate that I own. It is much larger than the Thundercats ultimates to the point where I now wonder, are bats that much larger than regular human-sized characters? Or is this G.I. Joe Ultimate line going to, for some bizarre reason, be bigger than all of the other Ultimates? Which I find a little hard to believe. So I guess the bats are just But big. in the promotional or, work, weren't they all the same size? Or are Thundercats actually smaller than Well, humans? no, I, I compared it to Thundercats, King Diamond, Andre the Giant. Okay. Uh they're bigger than Andre the Giant. They're, well, yeah, hang, <laughs> hang on, hang on. We, we need some visual representation here so you guys can see what I'm talking about. For all the people For who all are listening listeners. right now. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days I have to finish his review videos all the way through because I am a terrible friend. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I've heard what I enjoy. Okay, so... And this bat is absolutely gorgeous. I think it is the the best ultimate figure thus far. The only real flaw with it is that the pieces that hold the backpacks on, because this one comes with two backpacks, the standard bat backpack, and then this one from the comic that has the spores inside, uh, or not the spores, but the vines mm -hmm. that attack the Joe vehicles. Uh these plug into the shoulders and they're not spaced quite far enough apart. So it's a little awkward getting the, a little terrifying actually getting the backpack on because you're afraid that you're going to break these pieces. Um, so actually, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I, he is almost as big as Andre though. You, okay. if you guys can see on the desk, you can just see their heads. Uh, he's almost as tall as Andre the giant. He is a full head taller than Lionel. Yes, he is. He is. A, um, he's a big so this fella. Is, this is a large figure, and and now I'm even more curious to see the rest of the Joes. Uh, but I will say, absolutely fantastic execution. Uh, the the sculpt is gorgeous. The paint is gorgeous. I really love this color scheme. This blue is not quite as like powder blue as it looked in all the online images. Uh, it's it's more of I don't know what I would call it's this like blue. a gray blue. At least um, that's how it looked on YouTube to me. It's uh, 
Yeah, a little bit. It's a little bit darker, but it's just a gorgeous figure. And one of the things that I really love about it compared to other Ultimates is rather than having that ugly ab joint, it has a ball joint at the waist because they couldn't, with the chest plate there and the circuitry, they couldn't do their normal ab joint. Mm. I would rather have this ball joint at the waist always Mm -hmm. because this looks so much better to me. Uh, So Brian Flynn, uh, you know, I know he's a big fan of the show. Ha ha ha. Uh, <laughs> let's just switch to the ball joint at the waist for all these ultimate figures. Uh, and then that's just Andre the Giant with his little beer. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I reviewed that. And then I reviewed the Pyramid of Darkness set, which is is just awesome. The way that they engineered Polly to sit on Shipwreck's shoulder is great. There is one very, very small but very, very sturdy peg in Polly's left talon and there is a hole in shipwreck's shoulder so Polly plugs into that hole but shipwreck's arm still has a full range of movement nice. and it looks it looks great the timber in the set is completely different from the sled dogs uh i had assumed they would share at least some parts and they don't it's a completely new figure um that set is awesome the robot is unbelievable uh, and it also comes with the voice scanner uh, that that tips Cobra off, which I didn't even know was in the box. Because I, when I order this stuff, like, I know I want it. I don't look at every detail of the listing online necessarily because I like to open the box up and say, oh, wow, this comes with a whole other piece I didn't even know about. Uh, so anyway, go to the Needless Things YouTube channel. You can check out those reviews. Uh as as well as I do other things as well. I also reviewed the first release from the new Star Trek universe uh, line from Playmates that went up on Tuesday. I had a little Trek Tuesday. So we recently did a relatively insane live panel at Dragon Con. Uh, the audio from that is available wherever you found this audio. And we fantasy booked a live action G.I. Joe movie. Now, in order to do this, we ourselves put together Dreadnought costumes uh, to where I ended up wearing mine a couple of days down at Dragon Con. But I want to talk a little bit because I I think it'll be interesting for the listeners. You know, you get to see really cool costumes online all the time. You see pictures from conventions. You see, uh, like years ago, uh, Noel, uh, you and a group of the finest went to a battleship and took a bunch of pictures there. It's really a cool. regular occurrence, yes. Yeah, did a really cool action shots. And we see those kinds of things all the time, but you don't always hear people talking about what it takes to put one of these costumes together. And I wanted us to talk a little bit because uh, we, we, we very briefly touched on it at the panel, but we had other things to get to. But here, uh, I thought we could discuss a little bit more detail about how we put those costumes together. Uh, and and for anybody who hasn't heard the panel yet, I sprung this on you guys like a month before Dragon Con <laughs> because I just really wanted to do a Ripper costume. Uh, so, and you guys immediately were were on it. Uh, Christian, you, you were up for Torch. Noel, you were up for Buzzer. What what was the first thing that went through your head as far as like, okay, I've got to make a costume. Uh, what What's your plan of action? Cause you guys have made a lot more costumes than I have in your <laughs> lives. What, how do you attack something like this? I don't know 
about you, Noel, but Torch has actually been on my list of characters to cosplay for probably six or seven years. Wow. Oh, nice. I'm just so known for shipwreck that inevitably I'm always like, oh, I'm just going to take shipwreck to Dragon Con. So um, there's a story behind my flamethrower that we'll, we'll get to, but I have held on to that gun that I used for my flamethrower, knowing that one day I wanted to do torch in my garage. Every time I have moved, that gun has stared me in the face, oh, wow. going, throw me away. And I'm like, no, you are my constant reminder. One day I'm going to do torch. So when you said dreadnoughts, I was like, finally. <laughs> so tip number one could really be just always have your eyes open for elements for potential future costumes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, and if you see something, grab it. And, and if you have the space to store it, just keep it because someday somebody may yeah. say, Hey, let's do dreadnoughts. For the listeners, my, my flamethrower, it was one of, um, it was like a second generation super soaker when they still had the big canisters on top. They don't make them like that anymore. Um, so that's why if you're out and about at like yard sales, Goodwills, Michael, if you see something and you get that little ping of, oh, that would make for such and such, you grab it because it may not be there next week and it may cost you a lot more in yeah. trying to find it. Yeah. If you're out and you're like, oh, that kind of looks like Leatherneck's jacket. Just get it. And even if you never end up doing Leatherneck, maybe you'll have a buddy who's like, hey, I, I'm having a lot of trouble. And you're like, hey, let me go out to the unreasonably sized tote in my <laughs> yes. storage room and I can help you out. Yep. Luckily, you know, when I put Shipwreck together, that's all standard Navy issue gear. Right. It, it's fairly easy to find. <clears throat> Again, I Noel, I don't know if this is your experience, but at least with the dreadnoughts, it's all real world clothes. There wasn't anything I needed to necessarily have custom made. It was just going online or going to stores and finding all the right pieces. And then how do I, you know, probably the most challenging thing actually was finding the right wig and the right chains mm -hmm. for the vest. <clears throat> because i well, wanted those, those sunglasses had to be a little bit of a challenge too not at all really not at all i went onto amazon i typed in 1980s sunglasses and that was like one of the first things that popped up and i was like that looks huh? just like the package art nice and they were like three dollars <laughs> well and that's so the next that's the next thing i want to hit on a little bit uh we each kind of drew from different sources for the costumes that we put together. Uh, you know, mine in particular was a mishmash of, of lots of different rippers from the package art to the 2003 figure to the original figure. Um, but you guys stayed a little more true to original designs. Were you using the figure? Were you using the box art? What what did you more go by? Because they're different. The box art's different from the figure, is different from the mm -hmm. comic book, is different from Sunbow. 
Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, for me, I uh, essentially went with uh, con- taking the figure and making it as real world as possible. Um, this is actually the same figure I was using while I was doing my fabrication. Um, the first thing I always do when I'm thinking about a costume is I look at the source, um, you know, either like, and typically with me, I'm, I'm going for a specific, like one source. So this is either going to be like the 25th anniversary figure or the original figure or an animation model or something like that. And I just look at that design and think, okay, what can I do to put this together? Like what pieces can I envision that I know where to go and, and hunt these things down. And with, and with Buzzer, it was pretty easy because it was like, all right, I have a lot of this stuff already. I went on and searched for a, a, a like a denim vest um, and found one that was, you know, about exactly what I needed there. Um, I was able to find most of the other accessories just with a, a couple of hours on Amazon and, and eBay. And then um, fabrication of stuff, there wasn't a whole lot to do. Again, the, most of what the what's great about a lot of the dreadnoughts is that a lot of the parts just come from the real world. Um, you know, I didn't have to do, I didn't have to do any sewing on this one. All of the, uh, the fabrication I was, was just with glue and with rivets. So <clears throat> didn't have to worry about any sewing on that one. Um, and you talk about the glasses. I, I, I made sure because, uh, I, I can't wear contacts. If I'm going to put on glasses for a costume, I want to be able to see out of them. So, uh, I actually went on my, my trick is to go on Zenny optical and look for a pair of custom glasses that that i can upload my, my prescription to and i found one and uh unfortunately they sent me ones that were a little bit too small so i had to reorder them and get them literally the day of dragon con oh my I gosh was waiting for them to arrive and i oh. spent a lot of money for those glasses which is nice because i'll be able to use them for other things too because they're yeah yeah years. um but yeah uh yeah with 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 me, it's just kind of a process of looking at the original material and, and thinking, okay, how can I do this realistically and inexpensively also as possible? Because yeah, there's yeah. Some, yeah, there, there's some, I was looking at, uh, at Jerry cans um, to make the backpack. Cause I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want, I want to throw that backpack on there too. And Jerry cans, first of all, are very expensive. And I was also like, they're also going to be very, very heavy. Yeah. So I, I compromised a little bit. I went and I got a, a, a something off of amazon that was about 2.5 gallons rather than a five gallon jerry can and affixed it to some, to some pvc and painted it and the whole thing weighed about a pound so nice. not not struggling to carry that thing on my back that's another thing you got to think of too is that like props sometimes are very weighty yeah uh the first time i ever put grenades on a costume uh, i used actual inert grenades and of course they're just pulling down the shirt the whole time so i'm uneven uh, so uh, since then, I, I've just I've used prop grenades. I basically find the lightest possible way. One time, I was looking for uh, like round grenades, like uh, baseball style grenades for a costume. Mm-hmm. I could not find any props that were lightweight online at the time. So what I did was I bought like racket balls and actual inert grenades and took the just heads the off, off of the grenades and yeah. stuck them onto the racket balls, like just drilled a hole in the racket balls. That's what I've done several times to make things lightweight. As a matter of fact, for this one, for the flash grenade, uh, that was a hairspray can that I used uh, <laughs> that I cut the top off, shoved the top of the uh, the actual grenade on there and uh, and just spray painted it. Yeah, because awesome. buzzer, buzzer has two different grenades, right? Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and that's, I could have probably gotten away with just two 
lemon style gr- grenades, but eh, I, I wanted to kind of draw it out a little bit. Like you usually see him with more of a flash style grenade in most of the artwork. Yeah, I uh, again this this was really only my second experience of actually making a costume to any kind of specifications, uh, and it, Ripper was. Uh, the big reason that I drew from different, well, there are two main reasons I drew from different sources for what I put together. One, because I wasn't going to wear a little camouflage belly shirt tank top. (laughs) I I wanted something more substantial than that. And I saw a lot of Ripper. Well, not a lot. I saw a couple that they're looking online at Ripper cosplay or Ripper costume. There's not a ton. No, Uh, but his shirt, doesn't look good in the real world it just doesn't especially (laughs) if you've got grenades hanging from it uh and i wanted to do something a little different so i found a camouflage denim jacket that's like a modern pre-worn like it's already got holes in it and stuff and i cut the sleeves off and cut the collar off which i was kind of torn about at first and, and i'm very glad that i did because i think it looks better without the collar and uh then i had to figure out like where do i hang the grenades i never could find the, his trench knife i found uh like a practice knife that was rubber but it didn't accept paint so that ended up in the garbage uh, i could not find a trench knife that looks like what ripper has on his chest so i just went without uh which reminds me because that's where i ended up putting the dreadnoughts patch that noel i need to green flow you some money uh for that dreadnoughts patch (laughs) uh and then the grenades i cut a belt uh a web belt that came with a pair of shorts from walmart it's a really dark gray i cut that i sewed it to the top seam on the shoulder of the jacket and made it just the right length so the grenades would hang in the right spot. And then I took the cuffs from the sleeves and sewed them onto the shoulders as like epaulets nice. to, to cover up where I sewed that belt on. So I just had this hanging piece with the grenades on it. And Noel, you mentioned like real grenades being way too heavy. Unfortunately, I ordered real grenades and it was <laughs> stupid. And then you sent me the picture of the ones that you had and I was able to find what they are is their airsoft grenades. They're for storing airsoft pellets. Uh, so I ordered two of those just lemon grenades and they're, they're fantastic. Yep. I've, I bought a bunch more of those knowing that, okay, I'm depleting my supply of spares. I'm going to need to buy some more because that same vendor I've bought those same grenades from several times because they're, they're perfect for doing those costumes. Yeah, I mean, they're they're great. Uh, And then on the back, because I knew I just didn't have the time and resources to do Ripper's backpack in the Jaws of Life, I was like, I got to do something with the back of the vest. So I ordered somebody on TeePublic had, uh, I'm sure it was licensed, a Dreadnoughts logo shirt. Uh, So I ordered that cut the front out and just took it to our our dry cleaner is fantastic they do lots of different things beyond dry cleaning uh, and she she sewed that on uh so i i got my vest it looked i think very rippery yeah. like recognizable yeah, absolutely um 
the the thing that I ran into, what was for you guys, was there one specific thing that was a, a particular challenge for you? Oh, it was it was making my gun or my my chainsaw weapon uh, that uh, Buzzer carries because I I'd had an idea in my mind of how I was going to do it and make it somewhat lightweight. Um, I was like, all right, I, there's I can get a mic, uh, get like an airsoft like SMG style gun because really the gun he's got is not very large the the actual stock and everything right it's just it's got that big chainsaw blade at the end. And I've always, like, I fabricate with Gatorboard a lot because Gatorboard's extremely lightweight. It's essentially just a foam core that's very, like, it's it's very sturdy. Much more durable than yeah, just foam core. So I got a piece of that, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to attach it. And I went through, like, several iterations. I bought, like, every different type of small fastener I could find at Home Depot and did a lot of trial and error. And then, like, got to the point where I was about to give up. And then... I was like, why don't I just get a piece of plywood and just get a jigsaw and cut it out the right shape. And then when I kind of also, I, I it kind of uh, came to my mind that I was like, okay, there's a big hollow piece out of this gun because I've taken the barrel out of it that goes five inches deep. And I realized if I just cut a piece of that plywood that extends off of the chainsaw blade and put a couple of extra little pieces of plywood on the side, it just slid right into there with friction and i did not have to do anything to permanently attach it which actually made it very easy mm. to store and to travel with too right right yeah so that was it was a revelation that was actually almost like a complete accident and i'm so happy that i encountered that accident because it once i got it together like yeah if you're looking at it up close you can see the wood grain of the plywood that's just covered in a couple of layers of uh, nah. of primer and, and silver spray paint uh but uh i wound up going to just trying to get those finishing touches on it. We've got a Dollar Tree right across the street from my neighborhood. And I zipped over there and was just looking around at like everything I could that would just be the perfect little pieces to greeble uh, the end of the chainsaw. Um, so I found a, like a, a, it was like a, chi like a children's like sand uh, bucket with a, a little like rake and a shovel that were just like for this thing cost me a buck 25. Yeah. And I, cut the handles off the shovel and the uh the rake and they were perfect to put on the side of that uh that blade and then also got some lids from some little plastic containers that i was able to just glue on and put a couple little lego pieces and some washers to emulate the uh the little the little round bits at the end of the chainsaw yeah and it wound up looking better than i expected it to look when i first had the idea of putting this together and also i wanted to do to get the kind of chainsaw edge around it, I was looking for some sort of like plastic bicycle style chain. Yeah. And I probably spent a little mm. bit more than I wanted to on the little chain, the little chain pieces that I put around the edges of it, but it turned out, turned out pretty good. I did want to kind of, even though the, the toy itself, everything is silver. I wanted to at least have those be black. Cause I thought it would make first a little bit of contrast. Yeah. Cause prop building is really, that's my favorite part of costuming. Like the costume itself is great. My wife helps me with like the sewing and stuff like that. But when it comes down to doing the fabrication of the props, that's where I like, I get really excited. Well, that, I mean, kit bashing stuff is fun. Mm -hmm. Seeing that, like you said, being able to visualize the little bits and pieces and, and what could possibly be that thing that you need is a lot of fun. And, and I had with, with uh ripper's weapon, which was the one signature thing that I knew I had to have, mm -hmm. uh, I spent so much time looking online, 
like you said, at Airsoft Guns, uh, looking on Amazon, looking on eBay, trying to find, because his, uh, that bladed rifle that he has is very specific looking. The, the, the stock and the magazine, like the way that they look, like you have to get the shape right. It doesn't have to be the exact weapon, but you got to get the shape pretty close to right. And then lo and behold, I'm in Walmart one day and they've got a $14 light up cheapo gun. That's another thing. It's got to be the right size. I actually measured, uh, assuming Ripper is six, six feet tall. I actually scaled his rifle to figure out how long, cause it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at that thing, like it's a large weapon. You can't use a small rifle and then put a blade on the end of it. Uh, and I actually scaled that his, this rifle needs to be about 36 inches. Uh, mine ended up 34 close enough, but so I found that rifle. And, and of course, it's neon green camouflage. So I had to, I put many coats of, of paint on it, uh, did a semi-gloss black. And then for the blade, I just lucked out. I went on target and they had a, a hatchet like Halloween weapon. And it's, uh, it's, it's like a medieval ax type thing, but I saw the blade was the right shape. So I was like, I can cut the top and the bottom off and and figure out how to get the blade onto the gun. And what ended up happening is when I cut the top and the bottom off, the hole that was left, because this is a like a blow molded plastic, the hole that was left, it slid right over the barrel of the rifle perfectly. Nice. Uh, and, and didn't require glue or anything. So I, I just spray painted that um, more of a silver than it was and put some sealant on it. And I mean, that rifle and and... On the toy, like you said, on the toy, Ripper's rifle is entirely silver. I just didn't want an entirely silver rifle. I just didn't feel like that was the look. And that's where I went into, I I, I want to bring this into the real world a little bit more than, than what has been done before. Almost like it was a classified series version of Ripper, which we're getting yeah, sometime in the next some point, year. Sure. <laughs> well, no, they, didn't they announce Ripper? Did, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. did they? Yeah. Is he? Did they didn't announce the other dreadnought Ripper? Yeah, we haven't seen any artwork or anything yet. He was one of the names uh, mm-hmm. that they dropped. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of what I went for. My biggest challenge, and I, I wasn't even going to talk about the rifle yet. My biggest challenge was his necklace because oh, everybody yeah. list, everybody listening to this right now, look at Ripper and tell me what the heck that is on his necklace. <laughs> I think Noel is correct in that it's shrapnel. Uh, and and one of the things I thought about doing was getting some little pieces of plastic and painting them in the colors of various G.I. Joe vehicles as though they were little things that he destroyed and kept. But what I ended up going with for the sake of simplicity, uh, I ordered a bunch of bullet necklaces off of Amazon and put them all on a, a ball chain together with some spacers to give them the right because like on this action figure of course this necklace hangs nicely and everything looks like it's supposed to look but on a real human being with physics involved if you do it like that you just have like six bullets just hanging straight down all lumped together and it doesn't look right so that, yeah, I, that was a weird one i mentioned the same thing with the dog tags for buzzer like yeah I, 
I didn't I didn't find anything to fan him out. It was just one of the things that I never got around to doing, but it, it would have probably looked a little bit better if I had done something to space those out just a little bit so they would they would fan and not just lay flat against well, and that's yes. the fun part of these, though, is that, you know, these costumes, now that, we, that, now that we've made the bulk of them, we can, we've can we got them and we can touch them up, improve them, do whatever we want uh, to, to get them to work a little bit more. Christian, what was, what was your biggest challenge with Torch? So I had envisioned for my flamethrower, because it had the reservoir on top, I wanted to do a hose coming out of the reservoir into the actual gun so that it made sense. And much like Noel was saying, I wanted to add more kibble to it. Um, Unfortunately, I actually had a hard time finding flexible enough hose um, or, or tubing because it didn't need to be a very long run, right? Right. So when you're cutting these pieces small, or short, they don't have a lot of give. And I got to the point where it just wasn't the epoxy that I had, it just wasn't holding. And I thought, well, I can drill into the reservoir and then I can just like use some, you know, plasti melt or something. But then I was like, I know eventually I want to make the backpack for right. but I knew. I did not have time to do that for Dragon Con. So I was like, if I drill into this, that's it. Once I, you've drilled into it, it's done. It's done. Yep. So I had to make the decision, do I go with it just as is? Yeah. And 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 that's what I did. I was like, well, I'll I'll be able to change it once I make the backpack and make it exactly how I want to. Um before our listeners out there. As I was getting dressed, oh. <laughs> uh, my gun completely disappeared from my hotel room the the day of our GI Joe panel, which is uh, crazy. Absolutely, I hand carried it because I did not want anything to happen. I didn't, even though I sealed it, I didn't want you know it to fall off a bell stand or anything like that. I didn't want it to get scratched up. So I hand carried this thing up to the room to make sure nothing would happen to it. And then as I'm getting dressed, it was gone. But since I've gotten back, no, you can't find actual, like nobody makes prop flamethrowers. That's that's just like actually not a thing. Um, You're not, you know, going out doing airsoft or paintball with a flamethrower. (laughs) but i have discovered there are flamethrowers that are used for clearing out weeds oh and and i don't know why they never showed up in my google searches before dragon con but now i have found these and i have a whole new idea on how to actually make a more accurate looking flamethrower to his weapon not to mention deadly (laughs) (laughs) well you know it'll be peace bonded i'm sure i'm gonna peace bond my flamethrower i'm i'm gonna keep a package of hot dogs with me so when i'm stuck in lines i can just make myself you know maybe some s'mores (laughs) so was there uh 
Was there one piece? Oh, and the the other concession I had to make is I'm I'm not follically capable of uh, Ripper's haircut, and I can't do wigs. So that's the piece that I took from the 2003 Ripper figure. Is fortunately Super Seven released that snakeling hat uh, for San Diego Comic Con, and it looks almost exactly like the hat that the 2003 Ripper figure wears. Uh, so I I use that hat rather than trying to figure out this bizarre faux hawk that ripper has and i i'll tell you right now i am genuinely more comfortable in a hat than i would be with a faux hawk <laughs> uh, and then i just he's got the armband and i was like I, I just i couldn't find anything to even look like that armband and by the time i got to that point i was like i've i've done enough yeah that the cuff uh was the last thing that i bought i was like oh yeah i gotta get this pretty quick let me go on amazon and see what it'll, it'll shipped to me in two days so i got that little cuff around the one arm uh, and then i just completely forgot when i went to put the costume on, i was like oh yeah i was gonna sharpie on uh the oh, tattoo this... yeah yeah but it never happened and i don't i don't think uh anyone missed the tattoo it's it's okay i had more than enough tattoos for, for all of us <laughs> for for ripper who who has uh the no, total number of tattoos on ripper uh, is zero <laughs> um so yeah we had a lot of fun doing this Uh, i think we all have little tweaks that we can make to these costumes for the future i will absolutely bring this one back because it's very comfortable i enjoyed wearing it uh i'm sure i will enjoy it less once i put this backpack together but but that's okay because now now i feel obligated i have to make that backpack in the jaws of life i have to figure out how to do that Um, i i I, there is an orlando cosplayer that eons ago one of the last mega cons that i went to he did ripper and made jaws of life uh so i will reach out to him on instagram oh yeah i would love he to have still him. has the design that he used because i think yeah, he I know, made his out of wood i know exactly who you're talking about and i guess i saw him with it at uh the joe con in the the second to last joe con that was in orlando mm. Well, awesome. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, anybody who is putting together a G.I. Joe costume, obviously, if you have questions, you can reach out to uh, The Finest. Noel, you want to go ahead and do that plug now? Sure, yes. TheFinestCC.com is the website for The Finest, which is a, an international G.I. Joe costuming club. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can um, check out check out the site there for field manuals and stuff like that. But we've also got one of my favorite things is the Finest Recruitment Center on Facebook. Just look up Finest Recruitment Center. Um, And we've got a lot of our members that will uh, help people with their questions. So if you have questions about how to put together some part of a costume or, you know, just advice on something, uh, people who are just happy to jump in there and answer those questions for you. It's been very, very uh, fun to see, you know, people's costumes come together and being shared in that group. And we've also got forums. If you like traditional forums too, the finestcc.com has some forums on there for prospective members. And Noel, while we've got you on the mic, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, something that you did this last weekend that uh, Christian obviously was far too uh, (laughs) distant for, and I was at work. So uh, there is a show that has been going on here for uh, over 20 years um, called, well, it's gone through a few different iterations. Uh, it was initially uh, Joe Lanta uh, and then the Great American Toy Show. Um, over the years, as it grew, 
it also started to kind of diversify a little bit. And so they went ahead and they changed the name to Toylanta. Um, and th- but there was still a, a large focus on G.I. Joe's. Now, specifically, they were really focused on 12 inch, like 1960s. Yeah, 70s when the G.I. convention Joe's. started, it was very much a uh, one sixth scale Joe fan convention. Right. And over the years, it started to sort of include later iterations of Joe. Uh, and then the Great Atlanta Toy Convention, it it combined with that to to the unwieldy name for several years of Joe Lanta and the Great Atlanta Toy Convention. <laughs> I think there were about three years of that. And then they switched to Toy Lanta, uh, which is it's always in March, uh, usually right around St. Patrick's Day. And and this year, because toy collecting has become what it is and Toy Lanta has become its own beast, this year they said, you know what, we want to bring back Joe Lanta. We want to still do something for those one six scale collectors who've been who the original Joe fans who've been here from the beginning because they weren't really getting served in the same way that they used to. Uh, so I'm curious to hear what what was it like there? So this, uh, it was a lot smaller than Toylanta has sure. been over the last few years because it was mostly a G.I. Joe convention. I would say about third of the booths uh, focused on uh, 12-inch, you know, uh, 1-6 scale Joes. Another third of them probably focused more on a real American hero. And the rest uh, were Funko Pops. Well, there was fucking... <laughs> the rest of them were kind of general toy. Um, actually, it's probably more like half that did because it was a lot one six gi joe stuff and then there were some people who made like custom accessories for okay. one six gi joe which has always been kind of a, a a draw there but it was a i mean it it was a it's a it was a great hotel um it's also where where toyland is going to be moving uh next year um it's much closer to my house which i'm very excited about it's over nice. in, in the norcross peachtree corners area versus uh going all the way out to the north end of marietta as i've had to do the last uh the last oh so toylanta is moving yes toylanta will also be moving oh, there fantastic. next year as well um and i did get to because we are working with the the show with the showrunners um preparing to do uh to set up a booth for the finest at uh, toylanta next year we actually were talking to the owners. He was giving us kind of a rundown of what he wants to do for that. And he was also giving us an idea of what he wanted to do for this show. This is kind of, it was kind of a test run this year with, uh, with Joe Lana. Right. Um, it was also just because of the way things happened, because he was trying to book this thing just a few months out. This weekend was not the weekend that ideally it would happen. Uh, there's not a lot of crossover between dragon con and joe lana but there's still some and there's still going to be some con fatigue so sure next year the plan is for it to go uh to like the first couple weeks in august so there'll be a few weeks in between it and dragon con um he did want to get like only like the best vendors this year uh just ones that he knows he's worked with mainly before so a lot of the ones that we've seen at other cons like joe fest and and toy lana uh toy department uh destro's toy den steel city some of the bigger ones that focus on gi joe were there um also chicken fried toys was there because they also oh, had, nice yeah keone young uh and sergeant slaughter were special guests at the show um so they did get bring in some of that for the 12 for the for the three and three quarter inch fans um 
they've they've also always done like a maker's room like a like a maker's room and they've done costume or not costume contests but uh, custom contests that, that traditionally at Jolanta uh, they had that this year it was a much smaller costume or sorry I keep saying costume custom contest than normal <laughs> uh, when I walked in on Saturday there were only three entries in the custom contest um, but uh, but still it's this was not like the final form of the new Joe right, right. It was designed just to kind of get it out there and to, to get the idea of like, Hey, we do want to do something for the Joe fans who were missing out and kind of feeling underrepresented at this toy Lanta that had come out and toy Lanta is still a great show. And I'm still looking forward to seeing that uh, in the spring. I will definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to be there representing the finest, but also it's a great show to shop at. Um, as oh, we, absolutely, we covered our our yeah, journey yeah, there we, a few months yeah, ago. Definitely. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things that happened, though, uh, I you know I got to the entire dealer hall, and you know, in about about sixty minutes, and then kind of went back another half hour, and and you know, did another little pass through just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But as I was leaving, there's a Target right next door, so I was like, well, I'm going to pop into this Target that I don't normally hit, don't, don't normally hit, and wouldn't you know it, there were two spirits right there on the rack in the toy section so classified spirit which i had never seen in a store in the past i happen to see it it's right next door to a gi joe convention it's like (laughs) how is it that those are still out when they're a like a swarm of gi joe fans next door (laughs) (laughs) but it was the swarm of one six scale fans and, and others there were there were others i mean there were plenty of classifieds that, yeah, that were, it, that uh, is wild at the show as well that is wild that those were just sitting there i mean i i still i have yet to see bats and alley vipers in a store certainly now i did see Crockmaster in walmart uh but i i have absolutely not seen uh spirit storm shadow or the cobra officer at retail at all mm-hmm well, then I want to interject real quickly. <clears throat> As I have always stated in Orlando, I, other than Lady J and Flint and Cobra Commander, have never seen figures on the shelves. And I'm always in awe of the luck that you guys have in Atlanta. So going up, which, drive- which we think of as zero, right? <laughs> right. So swim I and dr- none. <laughs> I drive up to Atlanta or my friend that I was staying with Wednesday night uh, lives just like 20 minutes outside of Atlanta, just past Jonesboro-ish. Anyway, um, we walk into a GameStop and right there is an Alley Viper. And I was like, here's the Atlanta blessing that, that Phantom <laughs> and Noel always I have. Into. I was like, is it a classified figure that I had wanted? No, but I have to buy it because yeah. I saw it in the wild. And I'm so glad I did. It is an amazing figure. I have had so much fun with it. Um, but yeah, I was like, man, bless Atlanta and its ability <laughs> to have toys that I'm looking for on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw the Alley Viper one time at a Target. And I was I was surprised because I scanned the thing and it came up at 1999. When it was, was, I think it was twenty four ninety nine when I bought it online. And right now, uh, you can buy it from GameStop online for eighteen seventy four because their figures oh, are wow. twenty. All their action figures right now are twenty five percent off, and they're all in stock online. You can, you can't pick huh. it up in the store, but you can ship it to you in one to three business days. Well, and that kind of seems to be what's going on with, with specifically with the Joe line is you you are 
much less likely to see it at brick and mortar, but we have gotten to a point where everything is very easily obtainable online. Yeah. Now it may yeah. take a while, <laughs> like like Outback and the uh, Python Patrol figures that we're still waiting for. Oh, I'm still waiting on my my big bad uh, Storm Shadow. Really? The the morning I left for Dragon Con, luck was also on my side in that my shipment from Big Bad showed up with my croc master and my cobra officer okay um but they still have not gotten in their storm shadows huh interesting so i will be the last person on the face of the earth <laughs> to get that figure. have you have you opened up the officer yet oh my gosh yes it's as really, much as i really love the good, infantry trooper yeah. he is yeah like i I don't want more officers than I have right. troopers, but I'm like, right. I really want another officer. I, well, really I want, do. <laughs> I want like an updated trooper, mm. like just just make the officer, but with a red emblem. Okay, yeah. Like I, I because yeah. something about that officer it just feels like it's such a good figure. Yeah, it really mm -hmm. is. Speaking of good figures, Noel, you tipped me off to this one. Uh, Books a Million, which is where I found my first Super 7 G.I. Joe reaction figures. Uh, so they've marked down a lot, not just G.I. Joe, but a lot of their reaction figures, including the Thundercats and, and a few other brands, down to $10. But, as Noel informed me, when you take them up to the register, they ring up as $5. Yeah, there was a sign when I first walked in, it said, and it had like a there were a couple of, of bins up front and it was like clearance items in these bins are 50 take fit an additional 50 percent off and i was like oh so it's right now it's all clearance items right. are an additional 50 percent off so i walked up with three cobra troopers i was like oh, i'll get three more cobra troopers i'll get one of each skin color and uh she scans them and they're five dollars i was like are those really five i was like are all the ones that are marked at ten dollars five she goes yeah they should be and i was like I'll be right back. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I I should have brought a basket with me because I I wound up spending more than I uh, initially had, had planned. Well, I, that same day I stopped by that same Books a Million. I bought three more Cobra Troopers, uh, three Joe Green shirts, and a Quinn because I had never bought a Quinn to open. And I, I'll tell you right now, I should I haven't been back. I should have just bought everything. Like, why in the world did I not just buy every to, to have his giveaways or to have his troop builders or whatever the case may be? I should have just bought every single thing they had. Uh, and, and if I end up back over there in the next couple of days, I, I might go back in and do that. Like, even the Thundercats and stuff, like, five dollars for a reaction figure is yeah. insane. Well, it's like, I, I, I like the way the Transformers reaction figures look, but I'm just not collecting them, so I haven't been buying all of them. Well, but I sure did buy all the ones they had on the shelf, uh, except right. for the two that were not marked down, which I think were the Bumblebee and the Galvatron. Yeah, yeah, but the I think the Megatron, the Starscream, yeah, the, the uh, Grimlock. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple of. Oh other yeah, ones. the Grimlock looks great. Yeah I, yeah, I was tempted, but I was like, I know how I am. If I buy some of these, then in the future, <laughs> when ones that I want come out for full price. I'm going to buy those. I, I cannot do that because I want to continue collecting the GI Joe reaction figures. Even now that they're up to 20 bucks, 
I, I've got to limit myself. Uh, but yeah, so if you're near a Books A Million, go check them out. Get some $5 reaction figures. Buy every Cobra Trooper and every green shirt they have. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and Stock if you up your whale. Stock up your hydrofoil. And, and if you haven't yet been uh, talked into buying the, uh, the Snake Eyes movie Starlet, it's six ninety nine on Amazon. So I finally broke down and bought one. It's a great figure. It really is. And and I, I have not done this yet, but my my idea was to buy a few and put the female Joe classified heads on them to have like a little squad, mm-hmm. but, I, but I haven't done it. And also I don't even know if that'll work yet because I haven't checked the neck peg. Chances are they're not compatible uh, because I know the storm shadow and snake eyes movie figures. The neck pegs are not compatible with the regular classified Joes. Oh, wow. That's a, yeah, it's, it's weird and stupid. Hmm. Uh, okay, other notes that we have. The uh, Brian Flynn has said that despite what retail listings have said, the reaction Zartan does not change color. They figured it out and they determined that it just wasn't worth the cost to put the color change feature into it because in the cartoon, he only changes color a couple of times. He's out in the sunlight all the time and and has no ill effects. There are literally only a couple of instances of his, ah, the sun, where he freaks out and turns blue or whatever. Uh, so they decided for the purposes of a sunbow figure that it just wasn't worth doing. However, my personal belief is we will probably see exclusive, like when they do an ultimate, we'll probably see a color change. And there's a good chance we'll see an exclusive reaction color change Zartan. Next year at Comic-Con or something. Right, exactly. Uh, But that was a mistake in communication. Uh, You know, Super 7's original verbiage on that was that it color changed and that got over to Big Bad and Entertainment Earth and whoever else. Uh, And that was a mistake. The the actual figure will not change color. Which I'm I'm fine with. Maybe they'll finally put out a... Uh, reaction dreadnought series as a box set because we haven't gotten any other dreadnoughts yet i know i would love that uh all right so i got an email because i backed the robo skull uh project update number 45 for the robo skull mark ii and that is that the marauder four inch wolf troopers are essentially complete uh, they did photo updates of this. It's basically uh, your typical Marauder style figure, like fully super articulated four inch figure. And it has the jetpack. It has the blades on the hands. It's got the alternate helmet, the unmasked or the, the balaclava head. This figure is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and they are calling it finished. So that figure is complete. Good to go. Uh, did you guys see this? no i couldn't find any information on it it may it well may and not i be don't open to the public to yeah find, might to see everything. Only, yeah they still just have the backwards. renderings that okay. i've been able to find online so clearly what i need to do is save this image and post it to the audible interlude podcast instagram uh but the figure looks fantastic and it makes me really excited for the uh the red shadows uh eagle force well they're not technically red shadows but big bad toy store has a lot of 
Red Shadows-esque Eagle Force figures on the way. And I'm just picturing these all standing together and they're going to look awesome. Uh, PulseCon, September 30th and October the 1st, we have discovered that the G.I. Joe panel is going to be on the second day on October the 1st. Uh, and actually, I've got a time right here. Hang on just a second, and I will pull that up. Uh, day two of PulseCon, the G.I. Joe panel. Oh, I they did not state a time they just said that it's going to be on october 1st uh but i'm excited for a little more time with uh lenny and emily to find out what they have in store whatever it is uh, i don't know and a special uh, and, guest and yes a special guest uh and chances are we'll be recording a new news episode uh that night or the next night well probably that night uh so we'll we'll have fresh news that week so something that you know, we talk about it every time. I love HisTank.com. Their forums are fantastic for the most part. Uh, it's enthusiastic Joe fans. Obviously, they're naysayers here and there, but overall, it's the best place for Joe conversation. And uh, something that got thrown out in one of the topics was your top five Joes. Are you guys ready to discuss your top five Joes? Yes. And yes. I, I intentionally did not put criteria on this because I wanted each of us to sort of come up with our own way of defining top five Joes, whether we're talking about comic book representation, Sunbow, the figures themselves, whatever factors you wanted to take into account, that's what I wanted to, to be the case. Uh, so Christian... When you saw top five Joes, what were the factors that you took into account? What were the things that you considered? Okay, so I at first <clears throat> tried to weigh my my favorite Joes across all forms of media, and I realized that was a struggle. It's it's very difficult to do because they're they're represented very differently depending on what you're looking at. Right. So I scaled back. And I said, all right, when I was a kid, what Joes were always in the team? So I went strictly with the toy line. Not necessarily these were my favorite to look at characters, but these were the five characters that from the time I got them until the time i stopped playing with toys which is still going on um, <laughs> until today that that these figures are always in the adventures okay noel what what criteria did you consider i actually just said okay what are the five the top five joes that i think of when i think of who my favorite joes are i i didn't think about any factors i just said who pops into my head? Right, right, right. So, and then looking at that list, it's absolutely what you just described, Christian, is like when I played with these kids, with these toys as a kid, these were characters that made it into all my missions. These are characters that like I've always wanted, you know, to own as many toys as possible of throughout the mm -hmm. years. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I didn't put any thought into it. I just said, hmm, 
top of my head, top five Joes. I actually sat down and made initially made three different lists. I made a Sunbow list, a Marvel list, and a figures list. And I just decided that none of those really encompassed what I thought we would be talking about. So I ended up doing kind of what you just said, Noel. I just went with, regardless of the reasons, the five characters that just kind of came into my head is like, these are my favorites for, for whatever the reason may be. And looking at my list, it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit, the figure, a little bit, the sunbow, a little bit, the Marvel. Uh, and I can point at each one and, and see which had the biggest influence from where, but all five of these were Christian, like you were saying figures, characters that were, we're at the forefront at all times in my play. Uh, so we'll go back. Uh, Christian, we'll start with you. What are your, just lay them, lay all the five out. Lay all five top, out? Yeah. Okay. We have Flash, Spirit, Rock and Roll, Scarlet, Shipwreck. I was surprised that you didn't lead with that one. <laughs> I knew it was an obvious. So. Right, right. You don't lead with the the one that literally everybody hearing this right now is going to know. Well, shipwreck. You didn't even have to. You didn't even have to say shipwreck. Right. I could have just listed four. And right. We the one, audience you, you could have said the one that you know and these four. Uh, mine were Stalker, Scarlet, Mutton Junkyard. Shipwreck mm-hmm. and Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, <laughs> damn you both! Uh, so uh, I went with Beachhead, Stalker, Low Light, Flint, and Lady J. Only one. No wait, Stalker's got the beret. You've got two beret guys. I uh, uh, I got three beret guys if you count Beachhead. Well, yeah, he's got it on his shoulder. That's true. That's true. You're right. You're yep. right. Three beret guys. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, we're not going to get too deep into it. We may in the future kind of revisit this concept a little bit, but it was something I just threw in there because, quite frankly, it was it was a light news cycle. Uh, You're saving all that stuff up for the end of the month. Right. Uh, but, yeah, everybody listening, if you're not on his tank, Go check out his tank. It, it's a great place for conversation and for topics that kind of spark your thoughts about GI Joe. And let us know who your five favorites. Absolutely. Are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, tag us on Instagram. If you want to put up a picture of your top five uh, and tag us, you can do that. If you want to just shoot us a message at audible interlude podcast, uh, you can do Hashtag that. Maybe my we'll... top shows. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll read them out. If we get any uh, feedback on this one, we'll read them out on the next episode. Or, or the the next news episode. Uh, all right, I get an email from Amazon. Tomax, Zamot, and Stalker, who were, what, were they March of next year or were they May of next year? I think year? it was May. Uh, have now been updated to shipping on November the 3rd from Amazon. Uh, I have not had any updates from Pulse. I, I have them ordered from Amazon and Pulse. I left Big Bad out of this one because Big Bad have jacked up their prices uh, uh the the prices are already jacked up and big bad jacks them up just a skosh more 
Uh, so now I'm pretty much just doing my ordering from Amazon Impulse, uh, as much as I love Big Bad. Well, plus uh, you get so, your free shipping from Amazon Impulse too. Right, so. exactly. Uh, oh, so, actually, yeah. I just got an update from Big Bad, and those same figures have been pushed back to 2024. <laughs> it looks like my storm shadows coming in in, in february of 2023 <laughs> so i think you made the right choice <laughs> oh man uh okay did you guys see the new york comic-con funko pop sergeant slaughter i have i did it's I, neat i like I kept it scrolling yeah <laughs> it's not it's not for me but as we always say any gi joe product is a good thing yep also if you are going to new york comic-con be sure to stop by george vega arts booth he is doing an exclusive gi joe print that is sergeant slaughter low light flint and looks like maybe lady J and the whale oh wow that's on his instagram he's got um some rough sketches Nothing inked, nothing colored yet, uh, but okay. it looks like an amazing piece. If I was going to the con, I would be buying this. Very cool. I would love to go to New York Comic Con someday. Although I hear it's insanity, so I don't know. Uh, all right, well, this is our uh, last item that we have to cover, and I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. Uh, it is the Haya Toys gi joe exquisite mini snake eyes now we heard a few months ago that haya toys were going to be launching a line of four inch uh or 118th scale gi joe action figures we had no idea what that would entail it appears that what it entails is 118th scale classified figures snake eyes is the first reveal and i'll be honest i think it looks pretty fantastic and it's 1999, and now now a lot of people will scoff at that price point and say, "Well, we're paying 25 for figures that are almost twice as big. Why would I pay 20 for a 118 scale figure?" But this is an important. Let's look at how much more you're getting price price wise. Uh, I think it's pretty solid, especially yeah. if you consider that everything from, uh, you know, the other companies out right now are like 28 dollars. If, if you're if you're going to be buying stuff from eagle force returns uh th those figures are like 25 28 something like that now my internet connection dropped out as soon as you said here's something so i didn't hear what you said we were covering but i presume <laughs> we're talking about the Haya toys yes the Haya toys mini snake eyes exquisite mini snake eyes yes yes that was uh it's a pretty good looking snake eyes i think it looks fantastic uh it is, I mean, it's basically the classified snake eyes. Uh, one of the things that's a little weird in the pictures is it looks like the legs are are splayed out. But if you look at the action shots that they have in the dioramas, it appears that it has a very similar drop-down joint to the actual classified figure. So you'll be able to push those legs together so it can stand at attention properly. Like, they're not going to be in that weird like secret wars looking pose yeah. uh, now I, has anyone actually had their hands on a Haya toys product yet though uh i have not but i have kept up with the line because i'm very interested 
in their Judge Dredd offerings and in the Colonial Marines uh, assault vehicle that they produced. Yeah, that's that's a very cool looking toy. But I don't know. I've I know I've heard some mixed reviews about some of their old products as far as quality goes. So older figures tended to be a little on the fragile side. From what I have heard, everything that's come out in the last about two years has been very sturdy, uh, pretty much Marauders quality okay. figures. Uh, no more problems with like stuck or broken or stuck or brittle joints. Uh, the portraits have been looking pretty good, although human faces are still a little bit of a challenge for them. But obviously, we don't have to worry about that with snake eyes. <laughs> Uh, chances are I'm going to get this figure once it goes up for pre-order, but just so I can review it on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, you know, I, that's my that's always my excuse for a brand new kind of action figure is, well, I've got to review it. I've got to I've got to find out what it's like. But having said that, if all they're doing is putting out 118 scale versions of the classified designs, there's very little chance I'm going to collect this line. The only thing that might be enticing is if they venture into vehicles. Uh, I'd be very interested to see a, a blackout-style hiss tank. Yeah. Um, that's any Anytime 118th-style figures come out, that's when I start getting a little excited as the prospect of vehicles. Right. And, and uh, we know I that even... Hyatt Toys makes vehicles, although they are pricey. To the point where every time I'm in a Target or Walmart and I see those like Fortnite or Jurassic yeah. Park or whatever yeah, 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 yeah. scale figures, I'm like, how can I incorporate that into my G.I. Joe display? Because it <laughs> well, looks so well, dude, cool. I've almost bought the <laughs> Jurassic Park Jeep. Yeah. The one that comes with the T-Rex. I've almost bought that several times just because it's awesome. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, us our people our age, us growing up, the vehicles were a critical part of our playing experience, like Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Mask. Like, it's, it's to me as a toy collector, it's unthinkable. Well, not unthinkable, but it's just weird to be interested in a toy line that does not include vehicles in any way. Because, the, I mean, Star Wars, uh, and, and originally, like, the, the figures were just there to sell the vehicles. Yeah. Like that yeah. was a vehicle line that happened to have figures to go with it. And that was, you know, our our first decade-ish of life that we were playing with toys. That was it. Vehicles were the thing. So there's this big hole in modern collecting where we're just not getting those vehicles anymore. And it's, it's sad. Uh, so I'd be very interested to see the future of this Haya Toys line. Obviously, we'll be following it here on the show. Uh, and like I said, I'll, I'll grab this Snake Eyes wherever. I'm sure Big Bad will have it up for, for uh, pre-order because they have all the Judge Dreads. Well, they have all the Haya Toys stuff. Uh, so I'll let, I'll let you guys know how this thing turns out. But, uh, Noel and Christian, for you guys, if, let's say this Snake Eyes is an aberration and it's the one... Uh, classified design and going forward they do some different interesting things what are the chances for 20 bucks a pop 
that you could be compelled to start collecting these 118 scale Joes? What would it take for you to decide, oh, this line is great. I want it. Did I get more than just to snake eyes and a storm shadow? <laughs> well, I'm, then, then I'm I already, think you're in. Well, no. Yeah, I'm highly interested in it. It To me, it looks like SH figure arts on an affordable price point. Yeah, that's um, fair. The when I when I look at it and I think, okay, with my 25th anniversary figures, there are some figures that didn't get, you know, 30th or 50th yeah. anniversary upgrades. So if Haya Toys gets me some of those, the, uh, it's a scale I love. Like I said, I it's only been I came into classifieds late because I just wasn't into that six inch scale right, right. so um, well and and the proportions on this guy look better than 90 percent of my 25th whatever yeah. whatever whatever you want to call what we used to call modern era yeah uh, i mean fortunately look, he looks and great when you look at the paint detail yeah we didn't get any of that on no. that era of of Joe's the extra hands. I mean, just to me, these are the type of figures that I enjoy the most. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to get this in hand. What about you, Noel? I of course have never been a huge fan of the modern, of the modern style figures. Right. So, I mean, this is a neat figure and again, getting more Joe product out there is great. Uh, there might be one of those, characters that comes along and i'm like oh that's a that that's that's really like, nice and i have to when, have it when they do a scrap iron yeah yeah i mean like <laughs> i've got i have a handful of modern figures but they're just it's just not the focus if i'm not if i'm doing one eighteenth, i'm gonna i'm gonna get o-rings yeah uh, well, so yeah it's it's not one like as you mentioned vehicles that's a tempting thing if vehicles do come along then i may wind up investing in some of those but if it's just figures chances are one or two here or there and that might be the extent of it well and and here's here's where i think all three of our bottom lines are going to be is ask me again after PulseCon when we found out what the future of o-ring is true mm. well true. maybe not so much for christian because you're not not mr o-ring i i got the sky striker I got the stinger. Oh, so uh, yeah, it depends on what they do. I so exactly. Okay. So this is interesting. Uh, me, whatever they want to do with O-Ring, I'm interested in it. Christian, for you, do you find it more appealing for them to reproduce the original designs or to do things like they did with Duke and Cobra Commander? Or are you equally interested in both? I would say equally interested in both. I think it, okay. it, it, it legit when it comes to that style of GI Joe. Show, yeah. Just show me. You yeah. Know? I, I yeah, may not yeah. pre-order it because I'm going to want to hear like with most of the O-ring stuff that has been released so far. Other than your review for Duke and Cobra Commander. And I'm not just including you in this, the other toy reviewers online, no one seems to be really oohed and odd at the price point 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want, I definitely am someone that feels I am willing to spend the money on a figure. I want to make sure that I'm getting the value yeah. out of that figure. And I don't want a basic O-ring with just a couple of weapons for the price that I could pay for something like a Haya Toys where you're getting all this extra. And a few extra weapons doesn't you know really count. Something like the Stinger, I'm getting a vehicle and a driver that's completely taking me back old school. I still I will almost, do that every time they drop one. I still almost feel like the price on that was a mistake. Like they they put it up there like, <laughs> oh no, that was supposed to be like fifteen dollars more. Oh, we well, moved the we decimal to the wrong spot. Right, right. <laughs> um all right. Well, I think that's pretty much all the news that we've got to cover for this episode. Uh, we already talked about the finest Christian. Why don't you tell us where we can find those toy picks online? Yes, you can find me on Flickr.com and on Instagram under Legion Cub. Uh, and as always, our music is by Andy Sanford of Electric Minnow uh, Music.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast, on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. Uh, send us messages. Let, you, let us know what you want to hear about gi joe uh and you know i i gotta say it because i'm feeling it you guys thank you for sitting down talking about gi joe yo joe cobra You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.